and welcome back to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is our list of five things you should know about. First up, I would like to say that I'm happy to report school has ended for the summer. What I am not happy to report is that once again, after chaperoning a school field trip, I got a cold. This is now the second time this has happened, and I'm beginning to think it's not a coincidence. But thankfully, I won't have to deal with that for another couple months. Fingers crossed, right? Moving on to our list, we will start out with number one. Certification season is almost here. Today, or should I say tonight, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time specifically, AHIP training for the 2023 plan year will come down. Training will then be unavailable until Wednesday, June 21st. The 2024 version of AHIP's Medicare and Fraud, Waste, and Abuse training for agents and brokers is set to go live next Wednesday, so make sure your calendars are marked for that date. Also important to note, NABIP, formerly known as NAHU, is also releasing their 2024 training on Wednesday, June 21st. The NABIP 2024 Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Compliance Requirements is an alternative to the AHIP training and has grown since its inception in 2021. Certification through either NABIP or AHIP is required to be able to sell Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D products. There's a lot of required compliance information in those trainings that's important to the integrity of the Medicare program. Nothing wrong with kicking off summer by completing that required certification and getting it out of the way so you can focus on other more carrier-specific AEP preparations. One thing I will mention, there are sometimes opportunities to have the cost reimbursed based on production. That is something you'll usually see through the carriers. If you would like to take advantage of a discount on those certifications, make sure that you are going through the appropriate FMO links or carrier links rather than just navigating to the site and starting your certification. That's the usual way that discounts are applied on the front end of taking the certification. For agents partnered with us here at Ritter, if you want to know who offers AHIP incentives, we have that information on the carrier pages in Ritter Docs. We'll be linking to that in the notes. Like other carrier information, we have to keep that info behind a login for security and compliance purposes. So that link will not work without a Ritter IM account, but it's very easy to create one. Just a simple form with your name, email, phone number, and national producer number, plus a few other questions. If you do register for access to Ritter IM today, make sure you tell them that you heard about registration through the Agent Survival Guide podcast. And then when you complete that registration, you'll have access to the full suite of Ritter Insurance marketing tools that can help you keep your AEP prep organized, as well as your certifications, contracting, your book of business, and so much more. 
I don't know about you, but I can use all the help with organization that I can get, especially in a clean looking layout, minus me needing to create another spreadsheet. Number two, this week marked another meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee. Naturally, all eyes turned to Fed Chair Jerome Powell for the committee's decision and his comments. CPI data for May 2023 came in on Tuesday, June 13th. The number to watch, year-over-year inflation, which was projected to come in at 4.1%, continuing to fall from 4.9% in April and 5% in March. In the official CPI report, inflation for May 2023 was up 4% from the same time last year, just 0.1% lower than the estimates for the month. But at this point, we will take what we can get. Inflation has been on a steady decline since hitting 9.1% in June of 2022. May 2022 CPI came in just below that mark with inflation up 8.6% year over year. As far as interest rates go, the Fed decided to hold things steady, the first time they have chosen not to increase interest rates since March of last year. That will keep rates between 5 and 5.25%. Leading up to the meeting, market experts had been calling for what they called a skip this time around. Powell and the committee likened the decision to hold rates steady as more of a pause than a skip. They mentioned plans to raise rates at least two times again this year, likely finishing out 2023 at the 5.6% mark. The Federal Open Market Committee will meet again on rate setting at the end of next month on Tuesday, July 25th and Wednesday, July 26th. Number three, last week, the Department of Health and Human Services announced the second round of selections for Medicare Part D drugs that must pay a rebate to Medicare because they've increased drug prices at a rate higher than inflation. In their first round of selections announced in March prior to going into effect for Q2 beginning April 1st, HHS named 27 drugs that they later amended to include 20 selections. For the second batch of selections, which goes into effect for Q3 beginning July 1st, 43 drugs made the list. Now, I did my best to name and not butcher the original list of 27 drugs in our March 17th episode. I will not be doing that in this episode because 43 drugs, that's quite a list. Instead, we will be linking to that official list on the CMS website. Couple of interesting stats and takeaways when comparing the two lists, and I'm going by the amended version in my comparison. 18 drugs were carried over from the Q2 rebate list to the Q3 rebate list. Only two drugs that appeared on the Q2 list did not carry over to the list that was just announced for Q3. And then 25 new drugs were added to the list for Q3 2023 for a total of 43 drugs whose manufacturers must pay rebates to Medicare for increasing costs at a rate outpacing inflation. 
The rebates put into effect from the amended Q2 rebate list were estimated to save Medicare beneficiaries between $1 and $372 per average dose of their prescriptions. This time around, the rebates for Q3 are estimated to save beneficiaries between $1 and $449 per average dose. Number four, if you've been trying to reach your favorite subreddits this week, you might have noticed that they had gone private. It was all part of a planned blackout scheduled for Monday and Tuesday of this week. Many subreddits switched their public forums to private and called for users to boycott the site during those two days. Official numbers came in that 8,000 subreddits had joined in the protest. But after an internal memo from CEO Steve Huffman was leaked by The Verge, some were calling for an infinite blackout. The whole mess started when Reddit announced a new API pricing policy for third-party developers. Under the new policy, third-party developers would be charged $0.24 per 1,000 requests or $12,000 for 50 million requests. Previously, third-party developers were able to access Reddit's API data for free, creating reader apps that let users view and post content to Reddit, usually minus the ads, and then they tend to add more customization options when it comes to layout, options like dark mode and some other additional features. One of the most popular third-party Reddit apps is Apollo for Reddit, and the popularity of that app is what started the protest. Christian Selig, Apollo's developer, said that to keep Apollo running at the newly announced API rates would cost the app $20 million per year. Twitter recently made a similar move, and I think it's a really good reminder that when you don't own the platform, you could be subject to something like this happening. Granted, most of us will not be writing an app that piggybacks off an already established API, but the point is this. If you do not own the platform, the audience you build there is not really yours. It could go away at the whim of that platform. Definitely one of many reasons for diversifying your presence and strategy in marketing, especially on social media and other platforms. You want to use those platforms as tools to guide users to your site and services. So far, Reddit hasn't made any changes to their pricing policy, and a lot of subreddits have come back online, at least as far as the ones I follow. It will be interesting to see if this is the beginning of a new trend. We will be keeping an eye on it for sure and reporting back here with additional updates. Number five, the unwinding of Medicaid continues. And as of June 14th, over 1.1 million enrollees across 21 states have been disenrolled from Medicaid. Those numbers come from the Kaiser Family Foundation's new Medicaid Enrollment and Unwinding Tracker. They first began publishing the data in early May, and have been updating their tracker as new information becomes available. 
So far, Florida leads the way with 249,000 disenrollments. Arizona comes in second with 149,000. And Arkansas rounds out the top three with 110,000 disenrollments. Also of note, overall, in those 1.1 million enrollees who have been disenrolled so far, 76% were disenrolled because of procedural reasons, not because of being determined ineligible. States with the highest rate of ineligible beneficiaries were Colorado, with 67% of their 51,000 beneficiaries disenrolled so far, Pennsylvania, with 57% of our 44,000 beneficiaries disenrolled at this point, and then Rhode Island, with 51% of their 2,000 Medicaid beneficiaries disenrolled because of ineligibility. Highly recommend heading over to the Kaiser Family Foundation site to check out that tracker and see how disenrollment is going in your state. Where the opportunity for you to step in and possibly help some of those beneficiaries find coverage may be. Rupel recommends. While I haven't had the chance to try the Grimace Shake from McDonald's, I did manage to find Coca-Cola Ultimate during a trip to Walmart this week. If you're still searching, it was only in the coolers in front of the grocery side quick self-checkout area. Both my husband and I tried it, and both of us had different ideas of what it tasted like. He got more of a citrus vibe from the League of Legends-inspired drink. I thought it had more of a peach flavor, similar to the peach tea I was obsessed with growing up. If you tried it and tasted something else, let me know what you think it tastes like. You can either email me here at asgpodcast at ridderim.com or leave a comment on my LinkedIn or Instagram. Both of those links are in the notes along with all of the other resources we mentioned here today. That's all we've got for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen. 